nobody has even thought about. It's not even entered into our minds. It's not even entered into our wildest imagination. Anything remotely compared to that glorious place called heaven. Preaching the old-time gospel. With a fresh anointing to to a new generation. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall. Someone once said, if there's no chocolate in heaven, I'm not going. Well, no matter how good chocolate is, you ain't seen or heard or tasted nothing yet. Today on Save to the Uttermost, Brian Tyndall brings a study on heaven from the last book in the Bible, Revelation. The Apostle John was given a glimpse of heaven and attempted to put into words what he saw. So turn in your Bible to the book of Revelation, chapter 21, for a study entitled, The Reality of Heaven. Here's Brian. Today we're going to be talking about the reality of heaven. And we're going to be looking at a passage of scripture that speaks about heaven and gives us uh, some details about what heaven is like. And so today, as we go through this message, we're going to kind of take a tour of heaven. And I want you to hear what the Bible says about this place called heaven in Revelation chapter 21, beginning with verse 10. And the scripture says, And God carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, Her brilliance was like a very costly stone and a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great and high wall with 12 gates and at the 12 gates, angels and the names were written on them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the son of Israel. There were three gates on the east and three gates on the north and three gates on the south and three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the 12 names of the apostles of the Lamb. And the one who spoke with me had a golden measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. And the city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with the rod. 1,500 miles, its length and width and height are equal. And he measured its wall. 72 yards according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. And the material of the wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. And the foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, the second sapphire, the third chalcedon, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardis, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophrase, the eleventh jaseth, and the twelve amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold like transparent glass. And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. And the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God had illumined it. And its lamp is the Lamb. And the nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. In the daytime, for there will be no night there. Its gates were never closed, and they will bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination or lying shall ever come into that place, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life." This passage of scripture is giving us a picture of heaven. 
John the Revelator, who was banished to the island of Patmos, uh, was called up by God in the spirit and given a vision, given an ability to see what heaven was like. And of course, he was having to write about eternal things, about spiritual things, about glorious things. And he was having to write about those things in human language with human words. And so he was limited in his ability to be able to describe to us what this place called heaven is like and all of the things that he saw there. But as good as he could do with the human language, he, he explained to us actually in great detail what heaven is going to be like, what heaven is like, and what we're going to experience when we die if we know the Lord Jesus Christ and we're going to that place, what it will be like when we get there. Now, uh, all through my ministry, I've had people who said, uh, well, Brian, I just, I don't believe in heaven. I believe, you know, when the Bible talks about heaven, it's just talking kind of like about a fairy tale or uh, it's just talking about more of a state of being. I don't believe it's a a real place. Uh, maybe it'll it'll just be kind of a state of being. We'll be in a in a, a type of state where we'll feel comfortable or it, it will be pleasant. But I just don't believe in a real place called heaven. And many of those people I've asked them, I said, well, why why don't you believe that there's a real place called heaven? And a lot of people that I've talked to don't believe in heaven because they say, well. Uh, the Bible talks about heaven as if it is up in the sky or uh, up in the atmosphere, and yet we can't see it. Uh, we have telescopes, uh, uh, things like the Hubble telescope that's been launched for many years that goes out into outer space, and it can see for millions and even billions of miles, and, uh, and we can't see uh, an inhabited place. We can't see heaven. And so a lot of people just don't believe there's a heaven because they can't see it with their own eyes. Well, there's a lot of things that you and I can't see with our eyes, and yet they're still very, very real. You and I can't see DNA, and yet DNA in our blood uh, is very real. Our bodies are made up of DNA, and even though we can't see it with the naked eye, it's there. And so uh, there's other things in outer space, uh, even though the Hubble telescope and other telescopes can see way out, they can see maybe even millions or billions of miles, they tell us. And yet scientists are clear that as far as those telescopes can see, that there are things that are extremely far beyond those things, more galaxies, more universe, more planets, more stars out there beyond what we can see. And so we know that just because we can't see things, that doesn't mean they're not real. That doesn't mean they don't exist. Actually, uh, many times when the Bible's talking about heaven, it will use the plural form of the word. It will say heavens. Now, that does not mean that there are more than one heaven that uh, that God is in, that we're going to after we die. Uh, the Bible often talks about heavens, and uh, it's talking about three levels that you and I can see or experience. Uh, the first level, the first heaven that the Bible talks about is uh, sometimes it will refer to heaven, and it's talking about our atmosphere. It's talking about what we can see with the naked eye. It's talking about um, the the clouds, the uh, the things that we can see from here on earth, our atmosphere. The second heaven uh, is the space where the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets are and all of the galaxies. Uh, it's talking about outer space. And then when the Bible's talking about the third heaven, celestial heaven, it's talking about the place 
that's being described in this passage of Scripture. It's talking about the Christian's eternal home is the third heaven. The earth as we know it was never meant to be our home. And that may be shocking to some people as they are hearing me preach this message. Well, why isn't this earth meant to be our home? This earth was meant to be a temporary dwelling place for the children of God. And our eternal dwelling place was meant to be that celestial city, that eternal place, that heavenly place where God himself is dwelling at now. And yet many people that live on this earth, they live for nothing but this world. But the Bible's clear that Christians throughout time, uh, people that were true followers of Jesus Christ, they did not view this earth as their home. They viewed their home, even while they were on this earth, as some place that they were going to in the future, the eternal place that they were going to be with God in heaven. We see that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, when the scripture says, talking about saved people that died and went to heaven, uh, because while they were on the, this earth, they viewed themselves as strangers and pilgrims here on this earth. Uh, so what the Bible's saying is that when we look at the saints, when we look at the saved people of old that have gone on before us, when we look at the way they lived, uh, we see that while they were here on this earth, they did not look at this earth as their home. They said uh, they looked at themselves as strangers and pilgrims here on this earth. Why? Because they were just passing through. This was just a place that they were going to be at for a temporary period of time. And their home was going to be in heaven with God. Their eternal place was that mansion that God was preparing for them in heaven. You see, for the lost person, they don't view the world this way. The lost person sees himself in the land of the living while he's here on this earth, and he's heading to the land of the dying. He's heading to hell because he has no relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's seeking to live it up, he would say, while he's here on this earth, because this is all of the living that he's ever going to do. And then when he dies physically, he's going to go out into eternity separated from God without a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's going to go out into eternity unprepared to meet God, and he's going to spend his eternity in hell. Now, he's going to continue to live. His soul is going to continue to go on forever and ever, and yet hell is a place of the dying. And yet for the Christian, it's not like that. The lost person is now living in the land of the living, headed to the land of the dying. But for the Christian, we are now living in the land of the dying, and we're on the way to the land of the living. We don't see this world as our permanent home. We're not living for the things of this world. We realize that we're strangers, pilgrims, aliens, the Bible says, while we're here on this earth. We realize that we're here just for a few years and we're that we're just passing through. And so while we're here on this earth, we're not spending our time preparing to be here. We're spending our time preparing for eternity because we realize that we're living now in the land of the dying. We realize these bodies are not going to last forever. We realize that we were born to die. We realize that this is not our eternal home. We realize that the things that we accumulate here, the material things, the monetary things, the physical things, that they're all going to pass away, that they're all going to rust, that they're all going to dissolve, that one day those things that are important to us here on this earth are going to be gone forever. But that's okay because we're not living for this earth. We're not living for the things of this world. We're living for 
eternity. We're living for our eternal home in heaven. And the good news is we can have confidence that there is a place called heaven. The word of God gives us that confidence. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, for we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with human hands, eternal in the heavens. And so what the writer is saying, the Christian has confidence that when this body that we live in comes to an end, that when this earth, this place where we're living today comes to an end, and it will come to an end, that we have an eternal home in heaven. We're not living in a place that we think is going to go on forever and ever. We realize that we're going to die. We realize that we're not always going to be in these physical bodies. We realize that the, the physical things of this earth are going to pass away. And yet we believe because the Bible teaches us that there is an eternal place that is being prepared for us. Jesus taught that himself. Jesus said in John chapter 14, he said, uh, you believe in God, believe also in me. Don't let your hearts be troubled. For in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Jesus said, I go and prepare you a place. And if I go and prepare you a place, I'll come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. You see, heaven is as secure and real as the word of God. Heaven is as secure and real as Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that God cannot lie. He's incapable of lying. Jesus Christ is the truth and he speaks the truth. And the word of God and Jesus tell us that there is a place called heaven. And so my suggestion for us today is that we would begin to, to view things the way that the saints of old, the people of old, the Christians of old viewed things. Uh, because it's very tempting for us while we're here on this earth to get our eyes fixed on earthly and temporal and physical things. And it's very easy for us to begin to live for the things of this world and give very little attention and time and concern for eternal things. And yet that's not wise. Why, why isn't it wise? It's not wise because we're only going to be here for a few years. Why would I spend all of my time only concerned about where I'm going to be for a few years and not give any time and concern for where I'm going to be for eternity, forever, for time without end? And yet people do that every day. And so my encouragement for us today from the word of God is that we would look to eternity, that we would look to this eternal home, that we would look to this place that's being prepared for us by Jesus Christ, and that we would realize I'm just passing through. I'm just a pilgrim. I'm just a stranger while I'm here on this earth. I'm here in order that I might use this time to know God and to be in relationship with God and to serve God and to make an eternal difference for God in, in this world and in the lives of other people. I'm here to do his will. I'm here to walk in his will while I'm on this earth. But I realize that this life is going to be short. I realize that my time here is going to be over before I know it. I realize that I'm just passing through. All I'm really doing on this earth is preparing for eternity, preparing to enter my eternal home and helping others to prepare that they might enter that place as well. That's really what we're doing here while we're on this earth. And so I would ask you today, is that the way you view your life? 
Is that the way you view this world? Are you living today? Are you living every day of your life realizing that you're just passing through? That this place called earth is your temporary home, but that God is preparing for us through Jesus Christ an eternal home in heaven where we can go to when we die physically and be with the Lord forever and ever and ever. You see, Jesus Christ is the creator. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that Jesus was in the world and the world was made by him. In fact, it says all things were made by him and without him, nothing was made that has been made. In other words, everything that you and I see on this earth, every mountain, every tree, the sky, uh, the rivers, the oceans, everything that we see when we look up into the second heaven, when we look up into outer space, the moon, the stars, the sky, uh, the planets, all of those things uh, were made by Jesus Christ. The Bible says nothing that has been made was made without Jesus Christ. And it's Jesus that is also making that place for us in heaven. Heaven is a created place. And Jesus is the one that has created that place, just like he's the one that created this world. And Jesus is the one that is creating our home in that place if we have a relationship with him through faith and repentance. And so I pray today that we are living for that eternal home. I pray that we're not living for this earthly home that we have here on this earth. I pray that we're not living for the material and physical things that are going to be passing away here on this earth. I pray that we're not living our life just for the few years that we get here in the flesh. But my prayer is that we're living, realizing that we're just passing through and that we're living for eternity. Now, in this passage of scripture that we read today, the Bible gives us a very good description of heaven, and I want us to look at that, and I want us to see what heaven is going to be like, what heaven is like, and what it is that we're going to experience when we ourselves get to heaven. The first thing I want us to see is that heaven is a real place. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse 10, it says, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God. He carried him to a high mountain and he was able to look and to see heaven and heaven was a real place. He didn't take him to see a fairy tale. He didn't take him to see a state of being. He took him to a high mountain and allowed him through the spirit to see something that was physical, to see something that was real, to see something that was tangible. Heaven is going to be as real and even more real than the house that you live in today on this earth. Heaven, the place called heaven, is going to be as real and more real than the town and the city that you live in on this earth. Just like we live in a real physical house on this earth, in a real physical location on this earth that's tangible, so is heaven going to be like that. Heaven is not going to be just a state of being. Heaven is not going to just be a fairy tale type place. Heaven is a very real place. You see, the Bible says that Jesus after he ascended and went to the right hand of God, that for over 2,000 years, one of the things that he's been doing in heaven is making our eternal home in that place. Now, Jesus was the creator of this world. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 1 that God created 
uh, the heavens and the earth. He created everything that we see here on this earth. And Jesus is that creative agent uh, that, that made the things that we see here in this world. And that took him six days, the Bible said. But Jesus has been gone from this earth back into heaven for over 2,000 years. And there's a number of things that Jesus is doing in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God. He's been given all power and authority. All judgment has been put into his hands. The Bible says that he's praying for us, that he's interceding for us before God day and night. But one of the things the Bible says that Jesus is doing is he's preparing homes, dwelling places for all of those that receive him by faith. And so that's going to be a very real place, just like this world that we live in, that he created for us is a real place. Heaven is going to be a real place. And we're going to go there if we know Jesus Christ by faith. But the Bible also says that heaven is a glorious place. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse 11, it says, having the glory of God, her brilliance was like a very costly stone, as a stone of crystal clear jasper. So the Bible says heaven is a glorious place. It says in verse 11 that it has the glory of God. Now, we have never seen God, and yet we have descriptions uh, of God in the Bible where the Bible talks about what God is like. And, uh, and God is awesome. God is holy. God is all-powerful. God is omnipotent. God is 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 impossible for us to comprehend in our human feeble finite minds and yet everything that the bible describes to us about god is so wonderful so awesome so glorious that no matter what it is that we come up with in our mind god will be a million times or a billion times greater than that and the bible says that heaven is a place that is filled with the glory of god can you imagine? You see, here, here in this world, many of us, you know, we, we like the place that we live. There's many beautiful places here on earth. Uh, many of us have been on vacation. We like to go to the mountains. We like to go to the ocean. Uh, we, many of us have had the opportunity to travel to different uh, tourist destinations in the United States and maybe even around the world. There are some very, very beautiful places on this earth. When Jesus Christ made this world, he made a wonderful beautiful place for us to live in. But can you imagine how much more beautiful, how much more wonderful, how much more awesome heaven is going to be than this earth? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. So what the Bible says about heaven is this. Nobody has ever seen anything with their human eye that's going to be as great as what they see in heaven. And nobody has ever heard of anything with their physical ears as great as what they're going to hear about when they get to heaven. And nobody has even thought about it. It's not even entered into our minds. It's not even entered into our wildest imagination, anything remotely compared to what heaven is going to be like. It is so much greater, so much higher, so much more glorious than anything that we have ever experienced in this physical world that the Bible says, ear has not heard, eye has not seen, nor has entered into our wildest imagination anything as great as that glorious place called heaven. 
The Bible also says that heaven is a walled place. Now that's interesting. Heaven is a walled place. What do I mean by that? Well, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 12, it had a great and high wall, this place called heaven. And if we go to verse 14, it says, and the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones and on them were the 12 names of the apostles and the lamb. And if you get on to verse 17, it says, and he measured its walls 72 yards according to human measurements. Uh, verse 18, the material of the wall was jasper. So heaven is a walled place. It's a walled city. Uh, the walls are going to be over 200 feet tall. Now, heaven does not have walls for protection. Heaven does not have walls in order to keep people out. The walls are more for decoration, if you will. The walls are more uh, aesthetic than they are anything else because there's nothing that's going to be able to bother heaven. There's nothing that's going to be able to enter heaven that uh, God doesn't want to come in. Uh, and yet the Bible does tell us that heaven is a walled place. And the, these walls, these massive uh, 200 and some foot high walls are sitting on great foundations. And these foundations, the Bible says, are made of 12 different types of precious stones. Stones that here on this earth would be used for jewelry. Stones that here on this earth would be recognized for their value and their beauty. Uh, just one small piece may uh, cost a, an extreme amount of money. And yet in heaven, the foundations of heaven, the foundations of the walls of heaven are going to be built out of these 12 precious stones. And on those stones, on those 12 different types of stones, the Bible says there are going to be names that are going to be written. And they're going to be the names of the 12 apostles. Uh, and the Bible also tells us that the walls are going to be made, what the, the building material, the actual walls themselves that are over 200 feet high, they're going to be made of pure jasper. So I want us to get a picture of that. Imagine, I mean, I, I've seen some big walls in my time. I've, I've, I've gone to some destinations and, and seen, uh, some walls that, uh, you know, places that, that were beautiful and had, had big walls around them. And that's always impressive when you're looking at a big castle or some, uh, big government building and it has some big fortified wall around it. And yet I've never seen a wall like this. I mean, maybe I've seen a wall 15 foot high, 20 foot high, 30 foot high. I don't know, but I've never seen any walls that were 200 and some feet high. And I certainly, most of the walls that I have seen have been made out of concrete and dirt and blocks and brick. Uh, they've been made out of metal. Uh, they've been made out of fencing. Uh, most of the walls that I've seen, even the ones that were more ornate, were not necessarily that beautiful. They might have been impressive because they were large, but I never have seen very many walls that I thought uh, were beautiful. And yet the walls of heaven are going to be massive and they're going to be beautiful. Uh, even the foundation of the walls itself made out of these precious 12 different types of stone. And then the Bible says that heaven is also a gated place. Not only are there walls, but they're going to be massive gates in those walls. In fact, the Bible says that there are going to be 12 gates by which we can enter into heaven. Three on the east, three on the west, three on the south, and three on the north. And the Bible says that the names of the 12 tribes of Israel are going to be written on each one of those gates. And the 12 gates themselves are going 
to be made of 12 huge single pearls. Now, when I think about a pearl, uh, I think about, you know, uh, most of the quality ones that are not made artificially. Uh, real pearls are made from oysters and they can have a tremendous amount of value. A pearl that is of good quality, uh, of excellence, uh, just a very small pearl. One of them can have a lot of value. And when you string enough of those pearls together to make a necklace, uh, some of those extremely expensive pearl necklaces, they're very beautiful. But that's what I think of when I think of pearls. And yet the Bible says that the gates of this massive city, the gates of these massive walls are going to be made out of 12 individual pearls. Uh, I, I can't even get a picture of that in my mind, but it's going to be awesome. When you walk up to this city, when you walk up to the new Jerusalem, which is another name the Bible calls heaven, when you walk up to this celestial living place of God, when you walk up to our eternal home and there's walls surrounding that city that, that go up into the sky over 200 feet high, and, and you look at those walls and they're made of pure jasper. They're going to be like transparent walls. And you look down at the foundation of those massive walls and they're made of 12 layers of different types of precious stones like you and I would make jewelry out of. And you walk up to one of those great big gates in that 200 and some foot high wall and each one of those gates are standing wide open and each one of those gates are made of a single precious pearl it's going to be an awesome place and heaven is that's the, another thing i want us to see heaven is a beautiful place if we look at revelation chapter 21 verse 11 the bible says having the glory of god her brilliance that is heaven itself the city of god has a brilliance that is like a very costly stone as a stone of crystal clear jasper and then if you look at verse 18 it says the material of the wall was jasper and the city was of pure gold like clear glass. Heaven is going to be a very, very beautiful place. The Bible talks about heaven uh, being a place of pure gold. The Bible talks about heaven being a place that has streets of gold. Uh, and when it talks about that gold, it says that the gold that heaven is going to be made of is going to be so pure of a type of gold that it's going to be like transparent glass. The gold itself is going to be transparent. Uh, and we know that gold uh, can have different qualities. You know, we can have 10 karat gold, 14 karat gold, so forth and so on here on this earth. Gold is a metal that the more you heat it, the more you work with it, you can take off more and more of the impurities. And the more of the impurities that are drained off of the gold, the higher quality of gold it becomes. Well, there's going to be a type of gold. There's going to be a type of building material that the buildings, that the infrastructure of heaven, that the very streets of heaven itself are going to be made out of. And it's going to be a gold that is so refined, that is so pure, that is so perfect, that it's going to be like transparent glass when we look at it. We can't even imagine how beautiful heaven is going to be, but it's going to be a beautiful place. You see, I, lo I love living here on this earth. 
And I love traveling and I love going to beautiful places. Who doesn't love a beautiful sunset? Who doesn't uh, love going to uh, like a great canyon or a beautiful waterfall or going to the ocean and watching the waves come in? Uh, there are some very beautiful places here on this earth. But what I want you to understand is this. Compared to the beauty of heaven, this earth is going to be like a garbage dump. Uh, the, the Lord spent six days making this earth and this universe and the galaxies and the stars, and they are brilliant. They are awesome. I mean, when you look through the lenses of those powerful telescopes and you look out into the universe and the scientists tell us that there are over 306 trillion stars out there. And you look at that and the scientists tell us that there are billions of planets, billions of universes that are out there. Many of them that we can see in the distance through telescopes, most of them that are beyond our visibility. And yet we see how beautiful this world is. We see how beautiful and awesome uh, our universe is. We see how wonderful and, and beautiful the, the galaxies that are out there are. And yet compared to heaven, those things are nothing. Uh, just think about, uh, the scientists tell us that there are over 306 trillion stars. Looks like a three with 26 zeros behind it. Uh, the closest one of those stars to us, out of 306 trillion, the closest one of those stars to us is our sun. That sun is over 93 million miles away from Earth. Light travels at 186,000 plus miles a second. Uh, imagine how far away that first star, the sun, is from the earth. The next closest star to us is over four light years. That means it would take light traveling at 186,000 miles a second. It would take it over four years for the light of that next star to get to our planet. We can't even begin to imagine how awesome and how vast the galaxies and universe are that God has already created for us to see and to explore. And yet the Bible is clear that eye has not seen, ear has not heard, never has there entered into the thoughts of man anything as awesome and great and wonderful and beautiful as that place called heaven. I pray today that none of us would miss going to that place. I pray that none of us would, would invest ourselves so much here in this earth and, and look at this place as our home and die and realize that we've lived in this earth as the land of the living and then we're going to have to go to eternity and spend it in hell in the land of the dying. I pray that we would see that even though this place that we live is beautiful, even though there's many wonderful things about this world, that this world is not our home. This world is not our permanent dwelling place. This world is a temporary place that God has put us so that we might come into a relationship with him through faith and repentance. And so that once we know him as Savior and Lord, that we might spend the rest of our life and our talents and our time and our resources, that we might spend ourselves and invest ourselves into helping other people come into a relationship with him so that when we die physically, we will have not wasted our lives on things that are going to pass away, but so that when we die physically, we will have prepared ourselves and helped others to be prepared to go to that eternal place called heaven. Heaven is also a big place. 
it's interesting that the Bible gives us some specific dimensions of heaven. I mean, we can have a pretty good idea as to how big heaven is going to be. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 10, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And the scripture tells us in verse 16, uh, the city is laid out like a square and its length is as great as its width. And he measured the city with a rod and it was 1500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. And so what the Bible's telling us is when we look at heaven, it has the dimension of a cube and heaven is around 1500 miles long and it's around 1500 miles wide and it's around 1500 miles high. That's a very big place. Uh, if you laid out the, the, the foundational dimensions of heaven here in the United States, uh, the foundation would reach from the Atlantic Ocean to the state of Colorado, from the Canadian border all the way to the Gulf of Mexico. That would be just the foundational dimensions of heaven, that, that new Jerusalem, that city of God, that eternal celestial place called heaven. That's a huge foundation. And then what you, you say, well, that's, that's only about half as big as the United States. Well, but what you have to understand is our dwelling places here on this earth, we may build a high rise building or a, uh, a, a tall skyscraper here and there, uh, where people can work and live, uh, off the ground. And, uh, and some of those are massive and impressive, uh, but they're very, very small. Their foundation would be, uh, just, uh, a, maybe a few hundred feet or, uh, a few dozen feet in each direction. What we have to understand is heaven is going to be as tall, as deep as it is wide and as it is long. And so 1500 miles in every direction is a very big place. Heaven is going to be a massive place. And there inside of that city, are going to dwell millions and millions of people, people that have lived and died since the beginning of time, since the first human beings were created. Every person since Adam and Eve, every person that has ever lived, every person that is living today, every person that ever will live here on this earth that trusts Jesus Christ as their Savior through faith, and that confesses their sin and asks for his forgiveness and turns away from their sin in repentance and turns to Jesus Christ for salvation. Every one of those people that are born again into the family of God, one day they're going to die and they're all going to that place. The Bible says that one day when we all get to heaven and time here on this earth comes to an end, when all of the people get to heaven, that God is going to be there on his throne. It talks about this in the book of Revelation. And it says there's going to be a multitude of people there before that throne that is so great that it's going to be impossible to number that crowd that's there before that throne. It says there are going to be people there from every nation, every tribe, every kindred, every tongue, every uh, ethnic group, every language group. They're going to be there, millions and millions and millions of people that lived and died here on this earth through the ages, and they died with a relationship with Jesus Christ. They were born again. They were saved. Every one of those people are going to be in that giant place called heaven, that great city called heaven. 
and they're all going to be in eternal dwelling places that God has prepared for them in that beautiful eternal city called heaven. But heaven is also a place of worship. Heaven's a place of worship. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 22, it says, I saw no temple in heaven, for the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb are its temple. So when we get to heaven, we're not going to see synagogues. We're not going to see uh, church buildings. We're not going to see places of worship like we see here on this earth. Uh, what we have to understand is, is that before Christ, uh, the temples were uh, physical structures made of brick and mortar. Uh, and people went to those temples and God came and his presence was in that temple. He, he literally came into the Holy of Holies. You'll remember in the Old Testament and the high priest would go in once a year and meet God in that place. And, uh, and everybody that wanted to worship God would come to that physical temple. Well, the, today the Bible says that, uh, God no longer dwells in temples made by human hands. So today, God is no longer dwelling in physical brick and mortar temples. The Bible says that today that those that have been saved through faith in Jesus Christ and that are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, we are the temple of God. God has come and taken up residence in our bodies. Those of us that have been saved through faith, that have been born again into the family of God, we, our bodies, have become the temple of God. But when we get to heaven, the temple is not going to be a physical brick and mortar building and the temple is not going to be our body. The Bible says that when we get to heaven, that God himself is going to be the temple. It says that God almighty and the lamb, that Jesus Christ, the savior of the world is going to be the temple. When we get to heaven, you see now he abides in us, but when we get to heaven, we are going to abide in him. That is going to be our eternal worship in heaven. Heaven is also always light. Heaven is a place of light. It's always day in heaven. It's never night in heaven. Listen to what Revelation 21 and 23 says. And it says, And the city has no need of the sun nor of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God has illuminated it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And it says in verse 25, in the daytime, for there will be no night there. Its gates will never be closed. Heaven is going to be a place of eternal light, of perpetual light. And it says the light is not going to come uh, like it does here on this earth from the sun, from the illumination of the moon, from the stars. That's where we get our light here. And it's only light part of the time. And the other part of the time is dark. It's nighttime. But heaven's not going to be like that. Heaven's not going to be light some of the time and dark the rest of the time. The Bible says heaven is going to be permanently and continuously light. And yet the Bible says that that light in heaven is not going to come from the sun or the moon or the stars. It says the light in heaven is going to come from the glory of God himself. Now we know that the glory of God does produce an awesome light. In the Old Testament, you might remember when God had led the children of Israel out of uh, Egypt into the wilderness and they came to Mount Sinai and Moses left the people there at the foot of the mountain and went up to the top of the mountain uh, to meet with God and to get the Ten Commandments. You'll remember that Moses asked God while they were up there, could he see him? 
And God told Moses, he said, well, I'll let you see me this way. You go over here and you get into the cleft of this rock and I'll put my hand up and hide myself from you. And God said, I'll pass by and I will remove my hand and let you see me from the back just for a split second. And so God uh, put Moses in that rock and he held his hand over him and he passed by Moses and he gave Moses a momentary glimpse of God himself and all of his glory just for a split second. And the Bible says that when Moses came down off of the mountain from being in the presence of God just for a second, that he was shining, he was glowing, he was illuminated with the glory of God, so much so that it scared the people, it scared the Israelites. Now, can you imagine the glory of God when, when Moses came into to the presence of the glory of God just for one second He was illuminated by the glory of God to the point that for hours after he had been in the presence of God, just for one second, he himself continued to glow so that others could see him lit up with the glory of God. Can you imagine when we enter that city called heaven and God himself is there in all of his glory on his throne and we are living and abiding in the very presence of God forever and ever. And the Bible says there's never going to be any darkness there. It's never going to be night and there's not going to be need of the sun or the moon or the stars because the glory of God himself is going to illuminate that place called heaven. Heaven is also a perfect place. In Revelation chapter 21, verse 27, it says, And nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into that place called heaven. Nothing unclean, nothing evil, nothing sinful, no sickness, no pain, no death, no hurt. There'll be nothing in heaven that is not perfect. You see, no no matter how much we like this world, and no matter how much we like living in this world. Uh, And some of us have a a very good existence, a very good life here on this earth. And and I thank God that we do. Uh, The Bible says that God not only gives us eternal life, but he can give us an abundant life right here on this earth. But no matter how good our lives are here on this earth, no matter uh, how healthy we are, no matter how educated we are, no matter how rich we are, No matter how good our life is on this earth, this earth is always going to be a place of pain because there's always going to be sickness on this earth. There's always going to be sin on this earth. There's always going to be pain. There's always going to be death. There's always going to be evil. There's going to be terrorism. There's going to be hurt. There's going to be disappointment. There's going to be tragedy. That's always going to be here on this earth. But none of those things are going to be in heaven. Everything that's imperfect will be removed from heaven. Everything that's imperfect will never enter into that place called heaven. God is holy and heaven is holy. God is perfect and heaven is going to be a perfect place. Just like the Garden of Eden that God created in the beginning of this world and put Adam and Eve into that perfect environment, heaven is going to be a perfect place. But heaven is also going to be an exclusive place. Heaven is going to be an exclusive place. 
Did you hear what it said in verse 27? And nothing unclean and no one who practices abomination and lying shall ever come into that place, but only those whose names who have been written in the Lamb's book of life. Heaven is going to be an exclusive place. What do you mean by that, Brian? I mean only saved people are going to be in heaven. The Bible says only people that are going to be in heaven are the ones who have their names written in the Lamb's book of life. Well, who is it that's had their names written in the Lamb's book of life? Well, the Bible says that the only way we can get our names written in the Lamb's book of life is to trust Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. We have to believe that we're sinners, and we have to be willing to confess that sin to Jesus Christ and ask for the forgiveness that only He can bring, ask for the cleansing that only can come from His shed blood, And then we have to be willing to turn away from that sin and turn to him in repentance and put our faith in Jesus Christ, believing that we have no hope outside of Jesus Christ. We don't believe there's anything we can do. We don't believe there's anything anybody else can do. We believe that the only hope we have is Jesus Christ. We believe that he's the only Savior. We trust in the fact that 2,000 years ago when Jesus came to this earth and was born of a virgin and lived a sinless, perfect life and went to the cross and sacrificed his body and shed his blood for the sins of humanity, we believe and put our faith and trust in that there's nothing else that can save us from our sin except the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. And if we will trust him like that, the Bible says that when we trust him, when we repent of our sins, when we ask for his forgiveness, when we put our faith in him and in him alone, that in that moment we're born again by the Spirit of God into the family of God, and we become his children, and he writes our names in the Lamb's book of life. You see, I've met a lot of people in my life, and they said, oh, Brian, I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. Oh, I'm not perfect, but but really, I'm a good person, and I, I think I'm going to go to heaven because I'm a good person. My friend People aren't going to go to heaven because they're good. Somebody came to Jesus one time and said, good teacher, and Jesus chastised them. He said, why do you call me good? There's nobody good but God. You see, my friends, none of us are good. We only think of ourselves as good because we measure ourselves against other sinful people. And most of the time, we choose people to measure ourselves against that are worse than we are. And so we find people that are doing worse than us, and we say, well, I'm a good person because I'm better than they are, and I think God's going to let me into heaven because I'm a good person. My friend, there's no people going to get into heaven because they're good. There's no people going to get into heaven because they've been religious, because they've done good works. There's nobody that's going to earn their right into heaven. The only people that are going to be into heaven are those that are exclusively slaved through Jesus Christ those that are exclusively have their names written in the Lamb's book of life, those and those alone are going to be the people that are in heaven. My friend, I pray today that you would realize that this earth is not your eternal home, that this earth was never intended to be the place that your life was about. I pray that you'll realize with me today that we are nothing more than strangers and pilgrims that are very quickly passing through. And in just a few days, in a moment, the Bible says that the, the wind blows and the, 
and the grass fades and the flower fades. The Bible says that our life is like a vapor. It's like smoke. It's here one moment and gone the next. I pray today that you will realize that we're only going to be on this earth for a very short period of time. And immediately when we die physically, we're going to go into eternity. And there's only two places for us to go, heaven and hell. In hell, we'll be separated from God forever in torment. In heaven, we'll live in the very presence of God in that beautiful, awesome, perfect, holy, wonderful place forever and ever and ever. My friend today, I pray that you would not see this earth as your home. I pray that you would see yourself as a person that's passing through. And while you're passing through, I pray that you would prepare yourself through putting your faith in Jesus Christ and confessing your sin and repenting of your sin. And I pray that you would be born again into the family of God so that he could write your name in that Lamb's book of life. Because whoever's name is written in that Lamb's book of life, one day when they die, they're going to go straight to heaven. And they're going to be in that wonderful place that God has prepared. And he's going to have prepared you a specific dwelling place in that celestial city. My friends, I have a place there, not because I'm a good person, not because I'm a preacher, not because I'm religious. I have a place there because when I was 17 years old, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, and he wrote my name in that Lamb's Book of Life. I pray today that if you've never taken time to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I pray that today would be that day. I pray that today would be that day when you would come to Christ And he would write your name in that book. And one day very soon, we'll be passing away from this earth. And we'll go to be with the Lord Jesus Christ in heaven. And we'll be with him for eternity. Thank God for heaven. Thank God that he loves us enough to prepare us a place. I pray that we're prepared for that place as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Before you know it, your life will be over. And then what? Will you make it to heaven? If you know Jesus Christ personally, you will. This is Saved to the Uttermost with evangelist Brian Tyndall, founder and president of Uttermost Evangelism. You've been listening to Brian's message entitled, The Reality of Heaven. And if you'd like to listen to the message again or pass it on to a friend, simply visit uttermostevangelism.org and click on Sermons. That's uttermostevangelism.org. If you'd like to learn more about what it takes to get to heaven, Brian would like to send you a small book entitled Salvation, Man's Greatest Need, God's Greatest Gift. In it, he'll share why all people need to be saved, how God has made our salvation possible, why anyone can be saved, what salvation really is, and how we receive God's gift of salvation. To get a copy absolutely free as our gift to you, simply visit uttermostevangelism.org and download or request a copy. The website again is uttermostevangelism.org. If you'd rather write us, here's the address, Uttermost Evangelism, P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. That's P.O. Box 7, Pontotoc, Mississippi, P-O-N-T-O-T-O-C, Pontotoc, Mississippi, 38863. Or you can call us. Our phone number is 662-372-1912. That's 662-372-1912. 
1912. Uttermost evangelism exists to make Jesus Christ known and glorified among the nations by proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to all people. Our passion is calling the lost to receive Jesus Christ as Savior through faith and repentance, equipping the saved to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ, and mobilizing the Christian church to fulfill the Great Commission. If you'd like to join us in this effort by supporting us financially or, most importantly, praying for us, contact us and let us know. Once again, our website address is uttermostevangelism.org. Thanks for listening today. Join us again next time. And remember, Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through him. God bless. Save to the Uttermost is furnished by Uttermost Evangelism, Pontotoc, Mississippi.